This is the Fertility Hour, where couples learn how to improve their fertility naturally. Join Charlene Lincoln as she interviews leading experts in the fields of natural fertility, holistic medicine, and preconception care. Fertility Hour is where you'll find evidence-based strategies, tips, and resources to help you when trying to conceive. And now, here's Charlene Lincoln. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Fertility Hour. Thank you so much for joining us. My um, my name is Charlene Lincoln. I'm the host. And, um, you know, I just want to remind you that, you know, we work so hard um, getting you the the best guests. It, we, we search the globe um, to bring you information that we feel like will really benefit your health and your fertility. And um, we ask in return that if you could give us support, subscribe, comment, share um the episodes that you resonate with on your social media and encourage, you know, others to watch them. Um, I'm pretty excited. I've been waiting for this woman. She's rescheduled with me a few times and I guess she's just super busy. So I, I'm so glad that, um, that Wendy is here today and I get to um, really pick her brain and interview her. Wendy Cooper um, is a mother of two an entrepreneur, and she um, gave birth to her second child. Was it at four, 45 yeah, 45. years old? And um, she's a client of um, Dr. Eva Keen, a naturopath that created um, natural fertility prescription and um, the fertility coach program. She's based in Switzerland. Um, I, she also was my mentor when I was trying to get pregnant um, and helped me get pregnant at 41, gave birth at 42. So um, we both love Eva, but um, I've been hearing so much about Wendy. She um, recorded this beautiful video on the Natural Fertility Prescription um, Success Stories site of her holding her gorgeous, healthy baby boy and just speaking from the heart. And I just, you know, it's, it's such a touching video. So I, I definitely wanted to find out more about her pregnancy journey. And um, thank you so much for being here, Wendy. Really Thanks appreciate it. You're welcome. Pleasure. So, um, you know, I mean, gosh, Eve always says, you know, women always say, who, who's your oldest client? And um, can I do this? I'm, I'm 42. I'm 43, I'm 44, I'm 45, like, and then, you know, Eve always says, don't focus on someone else, you know, everyone has their own journey, but, you know, what I was saying to you in the beginning, we all kind of want to know what's possible, and uh, so we, so we look outside of ourselves, which I guess it's better to look within ourselves to see what our potential is, but we look outside of ourselves, can this be done, is there anyone who's, you know, having a natural, healthy pregnancy without you know, without the use of any type of assisted reproductive technology, it, because it gives us hope and hope is so important um, when we're dealing with fertility challenges. So, um, you know, tell us about kind of your story. How did this, you know, you, you have two children. So the first child, how, how old were you? I was 40 when I had my first child. Okay. And um, I am a personal trainer and love to study nutrition and, you know, how people prepare for a marathon or plan their wedding or what have you. I wanted to plan my preconception care. And I did that for my daughter at 40. I did a cleanse and changed my diet and, 
cut back the intense workouts and added in some supplements to support it. And I got pregnant and had a great pregnancy and very healthy baby. And then um, we decided we wanted one more child. And uh, I didn't really think, oh, I needed to bother with that. It wouldn't be a, an issue. And um, I just went through miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And my doctors that I went to were just like, oh, well, it's your age go see an IVF person and the IVF people, all they wanted to give me was a donor egg. They said, you're too old to do, to have a natural pregnancy. You're, you know, my blood work was not great. I mean, it said I was premenopausal and that my egg quality was very poor. And um, so I started researching and reading and I was listening to a podcast from Deepak Chopra. He was talking about his book, Super Genes, and he was describing how the nutrients um, build the cell because the cell turns over periodically. I mean, all the cells turn over at a different rate, but approximately every two years, your entire body's cells turn over. And if they're given high quality nutrients, they can rebuild at a better quality than they are currently. So kind of like this idea of aging backwards, that if you give your body good enough nutrition, you can rebuild those cells in a better state than they are currently. Just like a smoker who quits smoking, that those cells actually become healthier without the smoke. And so this idea of like, oh, well, if I took care of my body and slept well and gave it the proper nutrients and cut out things like alcohol and refined sugar, and you know, I had a, a fairly good diet, but it wasn't clean by any means. And um, by doing that, that the quality would go up. And it was phenomenal what happened with my blood work from the time that I had everything checked to after working with Eva and going through that whole process of cleansing and eliminating toxins from my lifestyle, from you know things like plastic containers and household chemicals and so many things that were contributing to your cell quality and your quality of life. And, um, and so then after working with her at the age of 44, I got pregnant and had a home birth and a very healthy baby. He's never been sick. He's thriving like crazy. He's a year old now. Mm, that's, um, I mean, that's such a cool story. I mean, cause you've always talked about the home birth thing. I mean, honestly, I don't think any doctor um, digs the home birth idea. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and especially like the geriatric pregnancy. I mean, they're just, no, yeah, they're, I, they're not a fan of that. For Not sure. at all. And I had a midwife and an OB and mm -hmm. I was very fortunate in building my team. I found an OB who was supportive of the home birth. Mm -hmm. She wasn't in favor of it, but she worked with me on it. And when I was in labor, she was checking in on me like every hour to say, mm -hmm. are you coming to the hospital? Because she was like, no, everything's good. We're good. Wow. Okay. So talk to me about, um, you know, we had a conversation before when you went to the IVF clinic, um, were you, were you looking, were you seriously, um, if, if the donor egg thing, cause I said, I think you told me that, um, you just, you weren't interested in using a donor egg. So when you were getting evaluated for IVF, like how did that feel when they were evaluating you? I mean, I've just, I've had so many friends who have done it, some successful, some not. Yeah. Um, all of them have health issues, post. Um, I have one friend who she did it twice and she has constant migraines. They, they can't figure out how to get rid of them. And the only thing she can tie it to is all the IVF therapy that she did. Um, it just, I wanted to see what my option was, but my husband wasn't in favor of it. And 
I'm terribly afraid of needles and just that whole idea of having to do a shot every day is part of the protocol when they um, do the IVF that I just, I just decided, you know, I'm either, I'm going to go all in naturally. And if it works great, I already had a beautiful baby girl. And, and if it didn't, then that was meant, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And so, and the IVF thing, they kind of go into the doctor. They just, they don't even consider any kind of natural or alternative option. They just say, they just kept handing me brochures to go to different fertility clinics and nobody would, I asked them to just run some blood work because I just wanted to see where levels were with hormones and they wouldn't even do it. I had to fight them in order to order. I had to bring in two other doctors to actually just order some blood work. They're like, well, what are you going to do with it? And why do you need this? And they wouldn't even order blood work. Why, why is that? Because, I don't understand. I think because they thought I was going to do something crazy with it. I, I don't know. That's what their big question was. Well, why do you need this? And what are you going to do with it? That was the big question is they wanted to know what I was going to do with that information. And um, it just, they don't really, they know, I mean, IVF clinics or fertility clinics are concerned about their success rates. And so they don't like to do old eggs when they know that they're going to be more successful with donor eggs. And that makes sense to me. They want to show a success rate. And so I, they weren't in, they wouldn't even do, um, you know, taking my eggs and, and doing it because they just didn't feel that they would be successful. Going back to the multiple miscarriages, I, I'm, you know, I've known and I've treated women who've gone through multiple miscarriages. It's, you know, it can be soul crushing kind of how did you, I mean, you have a miscarriage, okay, and then another one. I mean, what? How, how did you kind of keep going through that process? And I don't, I guess, maintain hope and feel like I still want a child and I'm still willing to do this. Yeah, um, those are hard because you're pregnant, and so that hope is there, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I've got the second baby, I'm so excited, and and you're in that pregnancy state, and then it it goes away, and and so I mean, that's of course an emotional thing, um, so you know, definitely work that through with a therapist. The first miscarriage, I hadn't really put much effort into that pregnancy. It just happened. So I felt like, well, I just didn't prepare my body. So I need to go and do some preconception care. And then that should, you know, help with that. But uh, the second time around, I did some, it was kind of a half-hearted effort. And I found out after the fact that my adrenals were really drained and that my body was really depleted, seriously depleted. And that, that was probably contributing to the miscarriage. So then knowing that I spent a lot of time in researching and reading and working with Eva, there's um, a doctor out of New Zealand, Dr. Libby Weaver. She's written several books, but my favorite is uh, the rushing woman syndrome. And it's about this cycle, how women power up with caffeine in the morning and then wine at night. And they run on this cycle of bringing themselves up and bringing themselves down. And it just completely depletes the adrenals. The other thing that contributes to that is um, intense exercise, like weightlifting and CrossFit and things like that, that it just fires up the nervous system into that fight or flight mode and it never comes down. So we, our body lives in this state of we're under attack all the time. And so then the adrenals are so depleted. And so she uh, talks about bringing in things like Qigong, yoga, meditation to bring the nervous system back to calm where the body can say, oh, I feel safe. It would be okay for me to have a baby in this state. I'm not running from a tiger emotionally. Um, and so by applying a lot of those techniques that really helped and 
and then it became a challenge. I was just like, I want to see if I can do this. Um, you know, because it, it, it was such a, a hope and a dream. And if I could totally apply myself, I think it could be successful. And it was. So I feel very fortunate and I'm super, super grateful for that. I lost you. Okay, um, just uh, I'm going to catch up with um, Wendy. My computer just shut down. So when we were talking about miscarriages. Can you hear me, Wendy? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. Sorry about that. And um, so, you know, anyways, you were talking about the multiple miscarriages and um, you were talking about the, the first, how it was kind of an and I guess um, an unexpected pregnancy and um, you didn't feel like your body was prepared. And then we were talking about the second miscarriage. Um, yeah, the second miscarriage, my, I found out that my adrenals were just really depleted. My whole body was depleted. I started um, working with a naturopath as well as an acupuncturist and um, I just realized I needed to kind of reset. And one thing that the acupuncturist said to me that really um, kind of woke me up was like, she said, you have to act like you're already pregnant. You have to um, go to bed early and eat healthy. And um, I had three businesses at the time. And she's like, you're going to have to get rid of one of these because there's not room for this baby to come into your life and your body isn't going to be able to handle it. And um so I listened to her and I did that. I sold one of my businesses and, um, and, and created a space and, and started acting like I was pregnant. And um, it, it changes your mindset too, which I think is a big part. I think a lot of people go into it like, what if I don't get pregnant or, um, you know, what if it doesn't happen or we've spent all this money on IVF and, and I have nothing to show for it. And, and um, so it was definitely a change in the mindset of, well, what if I do get pregnant and what if I do it this way and I feel healthy and good about it? And my worst case scenario of going through that whole protocol was I was going to be healthier. And I mean, there was no downside to mm -hmm. doing it naturally. So um, that gave me a lot of hope that way because my worst case was I was going to come out feeling better and with more energy. You were working with an acupuncturist and you're working with a naturopath. And then how, how did your path lead to working with Eva? Well, um, my naturopath didn't really know that much about fertility and I was doing a lot of research and I brought her, um, at that point, Eva wasn't really coaching. She, I think she was pregnant with her baby maybe at the time, but she was selling books and I brought the books and she had a list of blood work and um, different results. And so I was using that as my guide and my naturopath was helping me with um, ordering the blood work and, and that sort of thing. And um, so through that process, I had the second miscarriage. And then by the time I'd kind of come out the other side of that, Eva was taking clients again. And so then I signed up for coaching with her. And then we would just use my naturopath to order tests and things. Since, since she's in Switzerland, it was much easier to do use a U.S.-based person. Did, um, did you ever kind of um, pinpoint with Eva's help 
why you were having the, the repeated miscarriages? Um, I had a number of imbalances in um, hormonally. So I think that's what it was. Um, mm -hmm. Is a lot of estrogen dominance, too much cortisol. And by bringing those back into balance, and then also by really focusing on my diet, my egg quality went up and um, basically everything improved from following her guidelines. What specifically about the diet did you have to change? I mean, I know there was probably a big overhaul, but what were some kind of key things that- um, A lot more vegetables. I was kind of more in a protein dominant diet and I brought in a lot more greens and a lot more vegetables. Um, I tend to be with somebody who stays up late. So I started going to bed a lot earlier. I think that really helped my body have a chance to repair itself at night. Um, I cut out, I had some dairy. I got really strict about no dairy, no gluten, no caffeine. That was a big one to just eliminate altogether. It used to be like the, I, I went to like the occasional coffee like once a week, but then with her, I got really serious about it. And the other piece that I'm sure played into it is my husband did too. He's eliminated alcohol, caffeine, all of it too. So he was, was he a willing participant? Very much so. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I think that really made a difference. Mm -hmm. um, he had his sperm count and quality evaluated. Yeah. And he um, is actually nine years younger than I am. He didn't okay. have any issues with it, but um, his diet, I mean, he ate a lot of sugar and a lot of processed foods and um, so by changing that, I think it helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, I, I just, the thing that I think happens, but you didn't sort of fall into this trap is that, um, you were older and you were trying to get pregnant naturally. And then you got evaluated by an IVF clinic who told you that your only option was donor eggs. And I think that happens to a lot of women. And then women I think, think so. I can't get pregnant naturally. I've tried. I've tried. I've had multiple miscarriages. That's just not happening for me. The only way is through a, a doctor helping me with a donor. Like, it, they just feel like that, that was, that's the only, only option but a lot of women believe that. I mean, I have friends yeah. that was their belief. No question. I think what gave me hope is I was getting pregnant. I was having miscarriages, but I knew my body could conceive. Yeah. So I knew that if I could fine tune things so that the, my body could carry the baby, then I'd be fine. And I'd already had one healthy pregnancy. So I knew it was possible. Okay. That's true. I mean, for me, when I got pregnant um, at, I think I was like 40 years old and I got pregnant. I was like, oh, I got pregnant. I felt like the luckiest person in the world. And I literally told mm -hmm. everybody, I know you're not supposed to, but I was so happy. I told everybody at work and just anyone I could. And yeah. it never, like it never dawned on me because I was older or whatever, that I also was at a high risk for miscarriage. Like when I had the miscarriage, it just stunned me into this whole other, oh crap. Like I didn't even figure that into the whole calculation. Like, oh, I can get pregnant. I don't know if I can sustain a pregnancy. And like the doctors that I talked to, they're just like, yeah, that's probably your story, you know? Yeah, they're not helpful at all. They are not, they are not encouraging. Yeah, no. they, I know. So, but you seem like you kind of, um, 
what is it? What's that saying? I always forget these sayings, but like, um, beat drummer or something, you just, you kind of are able to, I mean, you, you're, you're a strong-minded person. You kind of take a lot of the noise away, right? Because I've been a lot an of athlete for oh, all my life. And yeah. so I knew that if you can focus and keep your eye on the, the prize and mm-hmm. not let all that static, and there certainly was a ton of it. I mean, as you said, the doctors are not encouraging. All my friends were like, go to the fertility clinic. And I was just not in that headspace. I just, it wasn't, that wasn't the route I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And you do, you have to kind of eliminate all the noise and just trust that your body can do what it was made to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, somehow that power has been taken from us um, along the way. Like I, uh, I interviewed Dr. Christiane Northrup last week and her topic was women are being hexed by the fertility industry. Yeah which I thought was so cool because like we sort of get lied to and manipulated and I don't know if it's, um, uh, 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 why can I not talk, but I, I don't know if it's intentionally being like cruel to us, but somehow we, um, we're told we're too old. We're told all of these different things and, um, and they're powerful, you know, I mean, we could be like, I'm not listening to that, but somehow it gets into our psyche and our subconscious and it can manipulate Definitely. our actions and how empowered we feel taking that next step. But you're an athlete, you kept focused on the goal. I'm sure, I mean, did you go through kind of um, highs and lows with it? And, oh, for sure. And, I mean, yeah. everybody does. You go through that. Um, I With my first baby, Um, I went to an MD and I was having all these muscle spasms and he just wanted to give me drugs for it. And I was like, I don't want my 10 week old baby on the inside to have this. And I finally found a midwife who figured out it was um, some tendons and was able to do some massage and, and completely got rid of the muscular pain. And so at that point I knew that I really wanted to go a more natural route with fertility. I mean, the other piece of it is, if you follow the money, there's a lot of money in farm infertility. Those pharmaceutical mm. industries, it's huge. It's to their benefit to convince women that's the only way to do it because that's a multi-million dollar industry. Yeah, billion dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's um, some documentaries about how doctors came to be delivering babies initially anyway that they didn't have enough to do. And so they kind of brought that into their offices. There were midwives prior to that, and that was who delivered the babies. The women mm-hmm. did all that. And so then the doctors were trying to basically to drum up business and started delivering babies. And that whole um, evolution is crazy how they used to actually knock women out to give birth. And I can't imagine going through labor anesthetized. But um, so when you think about it that way, I knew that that was part of the reason for them telling me this is they wanted success rates and they make a lot of money. I mean, that's a new car right there when you go through IVF. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know my mother-in-law was saying that um, they would give you gas and so you'd be out during the whole thing. And then, mm-hmm. and then they give you that, whatever the medication to dry up your milk. Um, once yeah. You and again, birth. that was another industry. Nestle was selling uh, formula to everyone mm-hmm. and the women in Africa, all these things, people who couldn't afford it. Is, and that was how, what was taught to everyone is that you use this formula and it was better. They convinced the women it was better than what was coming from their bodies. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was born in the generation of women who didn't breastfeed their children. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So um, once you got pregnant, um, how was the pregnancy? Um, I mean, I had a lot of nausea, but it, it was, it went very smoothly. I didn't have any complications. My blood work was perfect. And, um, you know, I kept working with Eva a little bit through that. And so I had a lot of supplements to support it. And that's something that kind of makes MDs nervous is when you're adding in a lot of supplements, but I really feel like, you know, fish oil and, um, things like that really help, uh, pregnancy. Uh -huh, absolutely. Um, I, what was something kind of unique that you felt like? Um, cause I mean, now that I interview all these people, there's a lot of people who are like fertility coaches, but you were talking to me about something you felt was really unique about, uh, Eva and her approach. And, um, were you saying, cause she's very holistic, but she brings like that very scientific background. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, she's the best of both worlds if you yeah. ask me, because you have that scientific blood work, and, you know, basically a process of elimination of like, okay, this one looks good. This one, this one's off. So we'll um, adjust it. And I mean, it, that was just phenomenal to be able to narrow it down to one or two things and then work on those and know that it, you were making it, you were actually changing things. I think that was really quite hopeful as you went through the, as I went through the process was to know that things were improving. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And now, do you have friends and, and people that you come across? I'm sure people are like, oh my gosh, you know, we heard about you and you're this age and you had the healthy baby. And um, what kind of encouragement do you give women or sort of advice do you give um, to women who are having issues with fertility and maybe feeling a little bit older? Themselves. I mean, to really make that a, you, I think the biggest thing is it's no small process to go through a preconception protocol and you have to be very committed to it and you have to treat it basically like a job. If you really want it to happen, you have to take it that seriously and it has to become the priority in your life. Mm -hmm. If you want it to happen, you, you can't be passive. And I mean, of course there's people who it, get lucky and it still happens, but I think if, if you're really focused on making that happen, it has to be the number one priority for a four months to four to six month time period in your life. And then during the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, and we always say it's such a small commitment to make to ensure that your baby has, you know, I mean, that was the, the genetic material that you're going to make your baby with um, is of the highest quality, right? Because um, yeah, I mean, I was very concerned because of my age that I, having a child with Down syndrome, and so I wanted to take every possible measure I could to give my body the nutrients that could make a, a healthy baby. The other part of the preconception process that is really interesting is you really get to know your body and the rhythms. I mean, if you're taking your temperature every day and watching how it all fluctuates, you really get to know your body and you can know when you're during or in a fertile time period and when you're not. And I think a lot of us um, get out of tune, especially if we're using birth control pills or something like that, where it's just regulated by a prescription and it's not by our own our own innate knowledge of our bodies. Mm -hmm. Were you menstruating regularly? Um, like after the birth of your daughter? So yeah. that, okay, that was all. And, and, and talk to me about exercise because that is kind of hotly debated. There's some people that go, Oh, it's fine to do kind of like high impact aerobics. Um, 
while trying to get pregnant, even throughout the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But what's your um, take on that? Well, I think, um, I mean, I've been in the exercise industry for 10 years. And I think, I mean, certain people have a certain level of fitness and that's okay for them yeah. to work out at a higher level because that's what their body is accustomed to. I think um, you have to think about what is your priority for your body? Do you want your body working? You can't make strength gains and build muscle while you're pregnant most of the time. Um, so by working out super intensely while you're pregnant, it does, it's kind of a conflicting action in that sense. You, you want blood flow and oxygen and all the good things that exercise brings to your body, but you're not trying to get stronger and um, meet any strength goals or, you know, mm-hmm. run marathons, that kind of a thing. I mean, no, when you're doing that, you're, the baby's coming secondary because your body has no choice but to participate in the, the long run or whatever it might be. Um, I think, I think you, the idea would be to go to kind of that middle ground of where your body is used to exercising. Of course, if you don't exercise at all, you, you could benefit from mm-hmm. moderate exercise. And I think moderation is the key on that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, because it just feels like, I mean, maybe driven by like celebrity culture, you're supposed to just bounce back to your pre-baby weight and they're sort of like a shaming if they're Mm -hmm. like, well, look at that model. She did it. She looks better than before. And, you know, and she worked out through her pregnancy. So there's this, I don't know, kind of this unrealistic um, expectation of women to keep, I don't know, to bounce back to- a body and 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 again you kind of have to cut out all that noise and i think doing things like yoga and meditation and qigong was also an opportunity to kind of like tune into the baby and and it was a chance to connect to that baby that was on the inside and um that calming energy and knowing that the nervous system in a calm state is is very regenerative and and allowed that to build you know, the baby in the best possible way. You really have to just think about what your priority is, but the celebrity influence is tough. I mean, it's out there, but you don't know what kind of health they're in or what kind of health their baby is in. I mean, you get the external picture, but you don't know what's the internal one. Mm -hmm. I think a strength of yours is really that whole mindset thing that it's so crucial um, when dealing with any difficult situation in life you know, because um, there's so many messages that you get about how things are supposed to be and what makes you think that you're, you could be completely different and be an outlier of everybody else, the average um, person. Um, and so, you know, you, you really have to, um, well, I think that, like you said, you were an athlete, so that really trained your mindset in a different way to be very focused. But Um, There's a lot of us that maybe don't have that background that, you know, it's kind of like a balloon in the wind. We just get pulled in so many different directions and um, feel, you know, it can be really soul crushing, disempowering um, because you start reading things, you go on forums, your doctor says something, and then all of a sudden you're making decisions based on these really baseless claims and people's opinions really um, versus anything to do with you as an individual. I think one of the things after the second miscarriage, I went online and just poured through everything I could find of women who had been successful mm-hmm. having pregnancies after 40. I, I found tons of them, this one woman in Italy. And again, it was the kind of that belief system and the mindset 
and, and caring for the body, like that being the priority. And, and that was real consistent. They also all used Chinese medicine or acupuncture of some kind, almost mm-hmm. all of them. Um, and then uh, the other big theme was eliminating toxins, like cleaning chemicals and, you know, not having your food in plastic, things like that. Like that, that was a real consistent thing as well that I you, saw. You know, what's so confusing about fertility issues is that you talk about the things like plastics and toxins, but everyone can cite a hundred examples of their cousin or their friend who eats like garbage and has mm-hmm. five kids, you know? Yes, so people are like, true. is that really important? Are all those little things really important? Because I know someone who doesn't know any of that and they are popping out kids left and right, or it feels like it. Um, but everyone has a, everyone's weaknesses show up differently uh, in their body. And um, those, I I always feel like those little things are little tipping points. Does uh, wrapping your food in plastic, is that the reason for the infertility? Um, Maybe not that solely, but it just, it tips you in that direction of estrogen dominance or, you know, however it ends up I think it's the cumulative of all the things together. It's not that one thing. And, and you're certainly right. There are people who have no problems getting pregnant. And I I don't know why that, Mm -hmm. um, why some people have trouble with it and other people don't. I think it comes down to imbalances in the system and maybe those people are more balanced hormonally. I don't, I don't know, but um, I think it's all those things accumulating, not just one thing that if you were to never use plastic again, that all fertility issues would go away. I don't think that, Mm-hmm. But you know, it's eating organic food and getting enough sleep and all the pieces um, together. You know, I mean, I, you know, I practice Chinese medicine. I really believe in it, and I feel like it's it's really beneficial um, when you're trying to conceive if if you can work with an acupuncturist um, who's an herbalist oh, to help you. Um, but you know, I hear, of course, a lot of people go, "I'm working with an acupuncturist, and I um, I'm still not getting pregnant." I mean, what I my take on it is acupuncture and Chinese herbs, um, they're very, very powerful, but they cannot compensate for a poor diet. They cannot compensate for a toxic environment. They can't compensate for um, just a lot of lifestyle things. Sometimes they can. I mean, I've seen it where it does and I'm like, well, maybe I'm wrong, but for, but for most cases, um, you know, it's like, I mean, that's why I was working with a great fertility acupuncturist. I think he helped me so much, but I also worked with Eva too, because he just wasn't addressing um, all these other aspects that maybe I was kind of having blind blinders on about um, in my own health. Um, So, you know, I do, you know, if people are like frustrated, I, I don't think I'm getting those results. Yeah. You need to just kind of do the whole thing. I mean, but you have to be yeah. all if you're yeah if it's not if you're not getting pregnant, you have to be all in and changing it. You can't just change one thing and hope that that especially after age forty. There to me, I'd given myself a self-imposed window of at age forty-five, I'm done. I'm not trying to do this anymore. I'm not going to go until age forty-seven trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my own self-imposed deadline. But you, there's not time to waste usually. So just doing one thing and hoping that that changes it seems. Um, like a half-hearted approach. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing about IVF and, um, you know, I've treated a lot of women undergoing IVF and I felt like for me, I mean, I didn't really get pushed to the point where I had to make that decision, but I always was 
um, scared because I had like like you, you have a lot of friends who went through IVF to get pregnant and I'm sure they're so grateful. I mean, it's helped so many couples. So I'm I'm not going to negate that. It's a very powerful tool, especially if you have anatomical abnormalities that would make it impossible for you to have a pregnancy naturally. But um, I just, for me, I would treat women who had gone undergone IVF and, and they just felt so unwell um, after it, because um, maybe they had gone through multiple cycles of IVF or while they were going through it, I was really nervous about that for myself. And I felt like um, something, I mean, I'm sure people consider it, but I was always nervous, like about like postpartum depression and things like that. And I felt like, okay, so what if I can get pregnant and I can have this baby? And then what if I am incapable of taking care of this baby at the end of it? I feel completely depleted um, or whatever the case may be. I felt really nervous about that. I guess being an older mom, I felt like, you know, I just really have to be careful of kind of what I do. And and one thing I really appreciated was um, after working with Eva, um, I felt really good after I gave birth. I thought that was like the most wonderful time just hanging out at home um, with my baby and um, sleeping and I felt fine. Um, because I mean, I'll be transparent. I've had a history of, you know, depression and I was super nervous about that. And that was not the case. And did you do like the placenta? Did you um, encapsulate your placenta? I did. And I I had another book called the first 40 days. And it's kind of um, that Asian tradition of the mother stays home for 40 days and she's taken care of and really nutritious food that helps her recover. And, I have to say it, it made me feel amazing, like wow. energy. And I felt so great. I mean, that's one thing that I also think isn't really addressed. There's a doctor out of Australia and I can't think of his name, but he addresses this kind of like postpartum recovery. We don't really mm-hmm. give the mom a lot of support in our mm-hmm. culture um, to recover. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you bring your body back into balance? It's completely out of balance because everything's going to the baby. And so and that's kind of now that I'm kind of tapering off of breastfeeding with my son, that's kind of my next project is how do I come back to this reset so that I'm not going through the rest of my life all depleted mm-hmm. because having a baby takes a lot out of your body. I, yes. I mean, and you lose so much, uh, you lose so much fluid and like in Chinese medicine, they call it like, you know, the yin of the body. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, after pregnant, after childbirth, there's so much fluid loss and, and then the breastfeeding and it's really depleting. And um, I love that idea in Chinese culture that they, you know, the woman pretty much stays in bed and the family surrounding her, but we're not set up that way. No, um, unfortunately we're not. And, and you're given like special bras to, to build the blood and the mm-hmm. yin. And um, I love that. But um, yeah, I feel like at least I just kind of hung out at home and I just, you know, um, it was a very relaxing time, but I felt mentally good, you know, like yeah. I could really enjoy it. I know that that could be really frazzling um, for some, some parents. And uh, I just felt so grateful that that wasn't the case, but I think that has to do with the preconception care and then the care I, I mean, so. there's, there's variables, but, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of hormone fluctuations anyway, but I, w- I was grateful for that. Um, the other well, pieces of uh-huh. that preconception care can support IVF and make IVF more successful too. So either way, doing it is 
super beneficial, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thanks for bringing that up. That's sort of my mission for this year is I want to put out a lot of information. I know Eva already does, but I want to help put it out um, to kind of promote the information she's putting out is that you can double the success rates of IVF doing preconception care. Yeah. You can ensure the healthiest baby possible while maintaining your own health and, you know, I think feel fabulous after giving birth so that you could be the best caretaker possible mm-hmm. by doing this preconception care. And it's, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, hopefully in five, 10 years, that will be kind of the norm with IVF, but I don't think that's really um, talked about. It's sort of like you just rely on the IVF specialist to do their thing with your body. And, yeah. And um, I think, it, you know, women need to be educated that you can take some extra measures prior to conception, whether you have fertility issues or not, that we're, are going to help you recover and help the baby be healthier. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. would, that would be kind of be my mission is I just want to educate people that here, you can take four months of your life to prepare for this baby that's going to then live, you know, another nine, 80, 90, hundred years and mm-hmm. give them the best building blocks possible. I mean, that's something I really got out of, um, Dr. Chopra's super genes book is, is it comes down to the building blocks and what you have to work with and why wouldn't we want the best possible for our children and for ourselves? Um, we do. It's just that we have never been taught that we could influence that. No. Right. It's no, just kind of it. like, it's, it's a crap shoe. You get what you get as far as genetics and, yeah. um, yeah. So of course, like, that's why we're doing this. We really want to, um, you know, get it out there that you can influence, um, you the totally quality of the egg and the sperm and that becomes, you know, the child and, um, absolutely there. I mean, I always tell Eva that I said during the time when I was, um, when I was introduced to her, I mean, the thing that stuck out for me was her, putting out research articles saying you can improve egg quality mm-hmm. when I was told that you could not. Right. I was told that too. Yeah, we all are. And, um, and so it was like, Oh, okay, well this doctor is putting out information that you can. How's that? What, what, what's different? You know, what, what do you do? And as she says, you can't do anything to, um, to improve the quality of the egg that you're about to ovulate but go back four months when mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the cell become, develops into the egg, that's when you can do a lot. And, it, and same with sperm, 76 to 90 days, um, a new batch of sperm, and you can really change the quality of that. And uh, I thought, oh my gosh, okay, well, I like what this woman is talking about. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, yeah, I'm going to follow along. And I saw that in my own blood work. I mean, I saw the egg quality numbers go up. Wow. So that, that was proof right there to me. Well, your story is so inspiring. I thank you, you know, so much. Um, I just think that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm hoping thousands of women uh, listen to this and they just get inspired by your story. Yeah, it that, can be done. It can totally be done. And thank you for, so much for talking with me today. Yeah, thank you so much too. All right, I'll contact you in a couple of weeks when this okay. is live. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy. All right, thank you care. so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Fertility Hour. For being one of our loyal listeners, we would like to give you free access to a special report called Restore Your Fertility Naturally. 
Inside, you'll learn about an eight-step, all-natural process that's helped hundreds of couples conceive. This is one of our most popular reports, and you can get free access by going to fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Again, that's fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Go there now, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Fertility Hour.